All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Turn Zero Gaming. We are here to talk all about the new banned and restricted list, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the criminal syndicate that was released in tandem with this new list. So with us, we have a very special group of folks. We've got Todd, Chris, Minion, and Kenny. How is everybody doing? Living the dream. Doing great. I'm all right. I got diced by Todd, which is the dumbest fucking thing. <laughs> hey, I know the feeling. <laughs> well, aside from that, I'm good. It's been going around the past couple of weeks, evidently. So, no, I'm good, man. Um, I won my last game on TTS, so I'm happy. And I diced Chris, so that was good. And Minion, for that matter. So, I diced a lot of people. Man, that's uh, it's kind of brutal there, man. So I'm only okay with it because I know it's going to come back around extremely hard. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's just jump right in. We have a nice, well-rounded cast with some extra folks added into the mix, and we're going to talk about the banned and restricted list. For those of you who may not know or may not have heard, AMG announced this new list when uh, on Friday when the Criminal Syndicate wave was released into the wild. So the way this works is banned cards cannot be used at all, and restricted cards, you can bring two up to two of these in your roster or your squad. So... To simplify that, you cannot bring all of them in your roster and play two of them during a game. You can only bring two total, period, anywhere. That's it. Uh, so the first card that was banned that we can no longer play with was Drop Off, which we'll talk about here in a moment. Shire. And then the restricted cards are Brace for Impact, Doom Prophecy, Field Dressing, Med Pack, and patch up. So uh, Atomic Mass Games released an official statement with an article talking about why they chose these cards and why they think they should be banned or restricted and blah, blah, blah. And you can check that out on your own time. But there is an official press release from the company if that's something that you're interested in. Uh, but we're going to talk uh, unrestricted, unfiltered, unfriendly about uh, is it good? Is it bad? What's going on? Uh, how do we think the game, you know, response to this and then we're also going to talk about winners and losers because there are definitely some uh, affiliations who definitely took a uh, uh, bat to the kneecap and other affiliations that probably don't care nearly as much so let's let the tag squad uh, bring it up and what do you guys think about the uh, the BR list here is do you like it do you hate it is it Tom Brady affiliate like what what's your uh, what's your take on this is it COVID I'll let you guys start I'll go last <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll start. I, I've been advocating for a restricted list for those four cards, not doomed, but the four healing and defense cards for a long time. Um, and I think I said exactly what they ended up doing, which is that they should restrict it to two. And I didn't think it was because they were too powerful. I just wanted to have some confines to work in. Like I wanted to play other cards and have it be not – as important to take three or even four of those cards in every single list. Like this opens up the game a whole lot and it's already been a lot of fun experimenting with things that can go in those other slots. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's a good thing to have a ban and restricted out early in the game's life cycle as well. So people know that this is a possibility going forward. There's like a, we know that they won't let, bad things happen for too right. long. Um, so I like the idea of the list and I, I have no complaints about any of the cards that they put on it. Yeah. So I also think, um, I know we've had some discussion in the turn zero discord around this and I was an advocate against it initially just because, um, there are so many cards that I think were still on their way that might 
like shake things up a little bit. But as we've seen more and more cards come out, it's still those big, it was like the big five that were always talked about, which was brace, med pack, patch up, field dressing, and drop off. So I'm a big fan of it. Um, I've personally only used, uh, I guess I had four of these in my TTS league roster. So uh, yeah, this uh, <laughs> this uh, hurts me a little bit, but I'm also really excited to try and stretch my uh, tactic selection um, process and just grow as a player. Um, I think it's going to issue a lot of challenges for people who have been using those cards as crutches to try and figure out, or and now they're going to have to figure out like, all right, like what do I think best fits with these affiliations now that I can't use just these four or five staple cards in the future? Yeah, I I also am super happy with this idea. Um, and I know when they sat down and they were talking about it when they did the interview with uh, Nate over at Gamers Guild, um, they said that uh, it wasn't so much just for competitive. It was more for like casual and to keep the game, you know, to, to get the game, like not have so many feel bads, I guess. Because um, having all those healing cards can be a super feel bad. You do work, you put some time into somebody. Next thing you know, it's all gone. <coughs> Modoc. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so like it, it, I think that's good for us, for the casual side, but I do think this has a major impact on the competitive side. Um, like gone are the, gone are the days where you can sit here and be like, all right, well, here's my four and this is my card for my affiliation, or this is, this is my combo killer right here. This card right here is the one that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to OTK somebody or whatever the case might be. Like gone are the days that you, you get that kind of stability in your cards. And now it's going to come down to some serious play decisions. Yeah. The card I cared about the least out of all this was probably drop off because it wasn't an auto include for me. But then I saw Sooner use it last night, and it's probably good that it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wiped the Venom off the board turn one with it, so with a two-cost character. Um, and I know there are other feel-bad plays with it, you know, Proxima Corvus, Rocket Boots, Drop-Off, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I didn't feel like it was auto-include, but, I mean, the, the power is kind of undeniable, right? Yeah, but, I mean, there's also those plays in the list that we were playing earlier that we got away from, like, you play a drop off off of a Thor charge, taking vision with you. Mm-hmm. Like you got three attacks coming off of that drop off, yeah. and it depends on how many targets he's going to get, and and that beam as well. Like that's those are some feel bad plays. Yeah, I think we may have gotten away from it a little bit here, but it yeah. sounds like in the TTS league it was still everywhere. Yeah, and the same with same with Doom Prophecy. Like that was kind of a I was a little shocked by that, but I also get it. Like yeah, the the widow bomb and stuff like that is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and we got away from that here, too, because I pulled it off once, and I was like, I'm not going to do that here anymore because it's not fun for people. <laughs> um, but, but it's out there, and it's hard to deal with. Yeah, well, and I think the other thing is we, we did play against it here, and we kind of got to the point where we're like, all right, well, this is this is kind of the plan. Yeah. Like we, I think we know how to work around this. It's definitely not unavoidable. Right. But it is strong when it goes off. Yeah. So, but no, I, I think the list is good overall. I mean, I, I don't think uh, – I don't think they missed anything. Um, I'm glad to see drop off gone entirely because um, I feel like if they just put that on the restricted list, you're like, all right, cool, med pack drop off, let's go. Like that feels like the easiest answer ever. Well, I think uh, it's pretty cool too because I don't think they missed with anything. Yeah. So there's nothing for anybody to really complain about that wasn't warranted, and now 
there's other cards they can look at. Like they've gotten rid of drop off. It doesn't need to be taken into consideration anymore. Now I can start looking at other cards, see if they come up, you know, and then like Minion was saying, then make use of the restricted list later. And yeah. people are aware of it and they, they know to be ready for it. Yep. Also, one of the most valid reasons I think for restricting or banning particularly drop off was uh, future design space. Yeah. Which I would much rather have more interesting characters in the future than have all their design space restricted because we had to preserve this one card that should have been banned. Yeah, yeah. we've seen that in the game in the games before. Right. They yeah. mentioned it in the video too with Nate. Like yeah. they were saying we were playtesting Cable, which cool Spoiler. Cable. I'm excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> but we were playtesting Cable and he like affected the board state in a toxic way in the early game because of that card. So now they well, get to do forget. whatever. Oh, what were you going to say? I, I was going to say, don't forget, uh, Sooner, he, he's, um, so, a lot of people may not know this, but Sooner's actually on our crew. He just hasn't been able to record yet. But we were talking about the drop-off thing, and he brought up a really nasty point where Angela is long-range mover with flight. She can hit all three of the meteors if she has enough power, and you roll dice equal to your energy defense, and she has four energy defense. So if you wanted to have a nuts turn, she could hit all three of those and drop somebody off in the midst of that or have someone drop her off and then she goes and does what she does and it's like how is that a healthy environment so even without cable being announced angela was already on the cusp of being insanely a negative play experience for people well i think it's cool too because well, I think one of the big reasons we got into this game, all of us, is because we thought it was thematic and cool and like the characters. And now they just get to focus on it being thematic, you know, within. And cool. And cool. <laughs> also important. Um, without having to worry about something overpowered like that. And then they've set the precedent that they'll address it later if it comes up again. Yeah. I, I, the only other thing I want to add about what they said in that interview that I thought was super cool is they, they immediately took ownership and they were like, look, this is this is a choice because we want to open up design space and we want to be able to do stuff going down the ro- road that's going to be fun, interactive, and, and we can have some power level in things and not feel like we have to handcuff ourselves because of a card. Mm-hmm. So hats off to them, man. And I think it says something good about the game too, that there were only five cards. Yeah. And they they've feel like they've corrected the competitive balance already. So it means the game pretty balanced as it is already. Yeah. I just had to take out a couple outliers. I mean, that's pretty good for a year in with so many models that we've gotten already. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, we have, what, like 80-plus cards? So yeah. six of those getting banned, or six of those, or five of those getting restricted and one getting banned is is pretty good, especially with how much content we know we have coming out in the future. Yeah. I'm excited to see what people pull out, too. That's that's a lot of card space. There's a lot of neat stuff. We did a whole episode on how cool the cards are that came out with Syndicate. Yeah. And now I bet you more of those get played than ever before. And there's some cards that were on the bubble that are going to start coming in too. Yeah. <laughs> Cough, disarm. I don't know if I got room for that. I'm doing other stuff right now. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> well, I think I think this is a great segue to discuss winners and losers because there are absolutely characters and affiliations that really really liked drop off help them compete <clears throat> guardians and then there's other characters who didn't enjoy seeing drop off and rocket boots played against them uh <clears throat> modok so there's there's some give and there's some take and i do understand amongst the community that some people are uh okay with this and some people are less than excited because 
certain affiliations may or may not be taking a little bit of a hit. So let's talk about, um, you know, who you guys think are winners and losers or, you know, maybe outliers who now have the opportunity to shine due to the fact that instead of certain cards or abilities being auto include, now you can only bring two out of five and the one of the best tactic cards in the game is no longer available to anyone. Yeah, so I can, I guess I'll start. Um, my biggest loser to me, and like this is just a very vague, vague thing, um, but just flyers in general. Now it's like they had a cool card that was specifically for them uh, with drop off, and now they're they're just no different than the wall crawlers. Um, and with it seems like storm coming out uh, next month, they're going to have something that's actually a detractor to flyers. So there's no necessarily like strength or reason to take a flyer other than just they can fly over terrain just like a wall crawler but now they have a something that deters you from potentially playing them if a lot of people are playing storm so i don't know um maybe they'll have some other cool mechanic or like a drop off 2.0 that's new and improved that comes out later on um but for now like flyers just in general take a big hit to me because they just lose that one cool card that they have access to. I don't know, man. Like I like flyers. Uh, unimpeded movement is huge. Um, and, and any way I can get that, whether it's wall crawling or flying, I think is a, a great advantage on a board, especially when you're looking so heavily at positioning, um, especially on the competitive side. I still think flying is super valuable. Um, yeah, it is. But like, I think, I think the, probably the character that took the biggest hit, um, Proxima. Like, losing the ability to do the Rocket Boots drop-off with her buddy Corvus, like, feels feels like she's almost, like, a hindrance to that team now. Now it puts them on the same kind of level as, like, Rocket and Groot. Like, granted, they got a better mm. they got a better range, right? But, like, I mean, they Black are still limited. has Mothership, so yeah, not Mothership totally without true. movement jank, but it definitely makes it a little harder for them. You got you some Gamma Yeet. So, but, it, but you no longer have that... Move, drop off Corvus, get a free attack, yeah. attack with Proxima, trigger Corvus, do two more attacks. Yeah. Like that's massive. Yeah. Um, and that was that's a massive swing in momentum, especially early in the game. So, I, but I think she loses out quite a bit there with that, though. Um, and all, and speaking of that, I also think Rocket Boots is probably a dead card. They might as well as banned that as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's an inadvertent ban because yeah. you're never going to play it again. Yeah, so. yeah, there's just better cards if you want to get movement. Congratulations, you have flying. Also, something bad could happen. Or you can use the new Moon Knight card and not worry about that. Yeah, so like I, I think Rocket Boots is just, yeah, it, it was banned is what it just happened. That's all. <laughs> I will say I was excited for some movement jank, and I will say this is entirely jank, where I could – rocket boots like hulk or someone then use a extreme physical conditioning and then drop off someone like modok or black dwarf across the map (laughs) so there goes that like tier zero strategy but uh i also think um we were talking i guess affiliations too um biggest affiliation that gets hit to me is spider foes because they have two slow movers um in venom and kingpin um and they had a they had probably one of the best size three flyers in the game outside i mean there's i mean i guess we only have really ultron and green goblin but i like green goblin a little more 
Um, so them losing that and that mobility um, really, I think, can hinder them later on too. I would like to counter with, I think the Guardians took a significantly worse hit, actually. I don't know. Like, I, I know the drop-off play with them is huge, especially with a range five character in there that can do the damage. Um, but, like, they only had one flyer to begin with. Yeah, but that's what Sooner was able to use as a tool to get to sure, five. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, I mean, but you could also make the argument that at, at that point there was there may have been some better positioning choices that could have been made to not set up that play as well. So, I mean – Drop off is a card like we we've played it. God, I mean, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to count how many games we played with that card. But like, it, it's a really really good card, and I understand the bank because it, it does lead to some feel bads. But like, I don't know. Like, it just didn't feel that impactful out of Guardians to me. Um, but I understand its power in a play like that, right? Um, I think I think the Avengers get hit by it the most because they had the most flexibility with their flyers to use it because they have like four flyers. Um, so they had a lot of flexibility as to what characters could use it and when they could use it. And some could use it with a charge and some could use it with a beam attack. And like there was a lot of flexibility you could get out of that card coming out of the Avengers. So I think they lost a big chunk of it, too, because they also, for the most part, never really punched above their weight class. They needed to get extra damage where they could find it. And that was a big part of their plan as well. I think, though, that with, with Brace being on the restricted list, throws might be coming back. Right. So and when throws start coming back, you're like, Avengers discount your throws. Absolutely. So I don't know I don't know what their net gain or loss is, but they lost some, but they gained some. Yeah. And oddly enough, that list is actually the same one that used both, right? Like, so the flyer list was also the throw list because most of the characters that you were using were flyers with throws. Yeah, Vision, obviously. Vision, Marvel, Thor, Thor. So, yeah, that list. That list had the access to both of those things, and now, like that list, feels like it gets better. Uh, it really does. I, I do, I, and I think that's that's probably one of the bigger gainers out of this is probably uh, throw lists and characters with throws. Um, yeah, because I, I think now you're hard pressed to put brace in your list unless you took it every game before. Um, throws, even on TTS, feel like they're not as big a part of the meta as they were in the past. Um, so I don't think a lot of people were taking Brace in a lot of games. I think they had it in their list if they lined up against something scary with throws. But because of that, I think that's probably one of the first cards that gets cut from the eight, um, which may make throws better if you're looking to try and meta. Yeah, that's that's one thing I've been thinking about is in regards to throws. Um, there's one character who I'm like, I don't know if like they really get better or worse. And that's, that's Modok. Modok was like, he loses a lot with his healing. Um, he would just tank up and you would just continue to heal him throughout the game and field dressing and have access to brace because he has two physical defense. But now like he doesn't have access to all that healing and brace or he only access right. has access to some and brace, but he also gains some because I feel like, his card aim lackeys gets a lot better with its movement shenanigans that just allows you to take an extra move with one of your characters. Well, he, he also went up because, uh, Corvus and Proxima were like the biggest counter with the rocket boots drop off play to just like vaporize Modok. So without that opportunity, he can see them coming a mile away and definitely keep himself out of range or at least buffer it with some kind of, 
I don't know, you could bring like a bodyguard character or uh, there, there's there's a lot less ways to just show up and start assassinating big threats without the rocket boots drop off play. Because you would just, you know, use Proxima to drop off Corvus. He gets an attack. She goes then he goes. So it's it's just like three Corvus attacks are nuts. That's a lot. That's a lot of damage. And then, you know, you've got power to turn on his abilities like it's it's just very very disturbing how much damage you could get out of those two characters and now they can't do that so modok's like oh i'm i'm fine i I don't care anymore i mean absolutely he just i don't know there's so much that he also loses that i'm like does he does he net lose or net gain out of this i I I think think he gains i think he stays the same honestly um i don't i don't think he wins or loses i think he allows for more flexibility in your build now because i think i think you're right kenny i think that Aim Lackey gets a lot better. Um, and, and in fact, I've actually put it into my eight already. Um, so, like, I, I do agree with you there because that's one of the things that we've been saying since the beginning of starting this. Any kind of movement sheet that you can get in this game is pretty fucking massive. Um, so, like, Gamma Launch, still good. Um, Aim Lackey, real good. Like, anything that gains an action or a move or an advance. Um, that can change your positioning out of turn or out of action um, is massive. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, guys. Good show. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing we should probably talk about are uh, the winners. So we kind of talked about Modoc. We talked a lot about like who suffered. Uh, I think Cabal actually benefits from this because they didn't really have flyers. And uh, I mean, Wakanda probably, you could use the same argument, but Wakanda and Cabal were not flyer heavy. In fact, they'd have to bring in someone out of affiliation generally to use drop off. And now that no one can use drop off and they didn't really need it initially, they become a little bit better. I'm not saying like leaps and bounds, but the fact that this card that empowered lists with flyers like spider foes uh, as guardian or not as guard. I mean, as guard could use it, but you have um, Avengers, things like that. You're probably going to be able to get a lot more punch out of them. Also with healing limited uh, aggro lists can now start really going hard on people because you either get one healing card and one resurrect card with like field dressing or you get two heal cards with patch up and med pack so you can no longer withstand the brunt of just insane amounts of aggressive play with you know all right i'm gonna med pack i'm gonna patch up and i'm gonna use field dressing like you only get two of those now and then if you're not bringing those like if you're only bringing healing you're not bringing brace which means modok can now start throwing things at you and you have to like think about that too so i feel like uh, cabal definitely took a big fat win also i think cards like um what's what's the what's uh thor's dad's name uh, odin's blessing i think that card goes way up in asgard now because you can bring two healing cards and odin's blessing where no one else has that card i, I think odin's blessing was actually in asgard yeah uh, possibly above some of those other cards anyway yep because it could block a lot more than like the three damage from a med pack, the yeah. way some of these swings have been going. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I think, but I I agree with Sugi though. Like now, there's not there's not even a question. Like, right. Like 
now you, now you don't have to think about which one you put in there. Like, it's going to be Odin's blessing. You're probably taking med pack, and you're probably taking field dressing with Asgard, um, I, I think, is where I would lean. Um, I, and I've had a, I'm had a, having a hard time trying to figure out which two I want to put in my list because I kind of feel like I want field dressing, but I think you get more value out of patch up in, in some games because you can get a, a higher value than just the one. But there's always those times where you – get an unexpected daze on a character and you lose an activation and field dressing can get that back for you. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure which way I'm leaning for my, my final, uh, eight cards, but yeah, like it's, it's super interesting. Um, but back to a point we were talking about earlier, as far as winners, um, throws, like whoever's got to throw wins. Like I I just feel like throws are going to be a much bigger part of this game now. Um, the fact that they have less healing cards in their hand and probably don't have brace is pretty massive. Um, and I, they're just free sources of damage. Like, and, and there's no rolling for it and they have to roll against it and it feels really good. But the only problem with those is now web warriors is a thing and spiders get to reroll and spider sense and do dumb shit. Um, so throws still feel rough into, um, spiders, but against everything else, I think I'd pack a throw list. I have two and I'll say one and see if somebody picks up on the other, but I was going to say chip damage lists are things now, now that you can, you've got two characters or three with counterattack. Yeah. You've got two with parting shot. You've got, I never miss now that you have to make very serious choices about who you spend your one healing card on or, you know, patch up and med pack. Yeah. You decide to bring both. Now p- characters that take three damage are in very serious jeopardy of getting chipped out by, you know, a parting shot and an I never miss or, you know, taking two on a counterattack or something like that. It makes every, every roster where you're running all that stuff much stronger because you're going to, you're guaranteeing the damage one. They don't get defense against it. And there's going to be a lot more people who are floating around at low health. Yeah. So I think that those lists are, are legit, you know. And now that you've got stuff like um, Warzone, there's just a lot of guaranteed damage that's out there. And without all those healing cards, you're not going to be able to recover from it as easily. Well, the, you know, that's really that funny. Make, does that make Wong and Groot winners then as well? Because they get to replace some of the healing that just got stripped out of your yeah. tactic cards. Definitely. Absolutely. And strange. And strange. Strange was the other one I was going to say. So I'm glad you said that. Yeah. One yeah. million percent. If you're a healer, you just went up in the tier list, buddy. Yeah. Uh, it's strange by far is probably the biggest gainer, though. Um, uh, I think Groot. Groot's also up there. I don't think Groot gains anywhere near what Strange gains. Yeah, uh, I mean, we are Groot is a thing for sure, but it's once. No, yeah. Strange can heal all game. I don't care about. Yeah. The, I don't care about the card. I care about like the in-game ability to heal myself or other characters. Yeah, and possibly do it at a at a discount out of other factions. Like and Groot can only heal himself. Yeah, and now that you don't have the heal cards, like that ability is is much better. I have a counter, and that is, I believe Groot inside of Criminal Syndicate is going to be insane because he can heal himself. You can pass the tokens off to Groot in the backfield if need be, or he can even run up front and start tanking. Well, he doesn't he run heal. anywhere. I mean, yeah, he can. <laughs> he lumbers. He can, he can saunter. Lumbers. Uh, <laughs> lumbers. Yeah, he can lumber his way downfield. Um, but he also has the We Are Groot, which is range four, and Criminal Syndicate likes to pass off at range three. And uh, being able to heal himself for two power is not 
unfair. He's beefy. He's got good defenses. I mean, is he? Wait for it. Wait for it, guys. But he does get chopped down by energy attacks. Yeah. Oh no. Come on. on. Anything? No love. It wasn't as good as lumbers. It wasn't as good Uh, as lumbers. A little forced. A little forced. A little forced. (laughs) Sorry. I give I give it a three out of ten. But um, Groot is also half the cost of Strange. I would be happy to take a Groot and sit him on the backfield, or even go opposite a big cluster. Because well, yeah, I mean, I'm still getting seven health on both ends. I'm getting healing. I can also bring an additional healing card. So if I really want, I can have three healing cards legally. I mean, to me, that's valuable. I think it's valuable, but uh, Groot's heal only affects himself. Um, and he's not going to run away out of combat if he does get thin or scared or beat on. Like, he's going to just kind of lumber away. Um, so like, I, I think group does definitely gain. I don't think you're wrong there, but I think strange gains a, a bit more. Uh, he, he gives that entire faction more healing and maybe it puts strange in a different place as far as how you play him now. Um, because maybe now he be- just becomes that enabler more than like a frontline or a midline kind of guy. Um, so it might change the way the lists are built, but I think his effectiveness goes up. I also think his effectiveness in Avengers goes up a lot more too, Absolutely. because he essentially would have built-in med pack. Yep. To him, uh, the range isn't as good on it, but but still. Yeah, um, I love him in Avengers. Yeah, I think he, he fits well in there already. It's you know he's, it's still a challenge to play, but he makes them so resilient that it's worth it. They also make him more resilient though. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's tanky. Um, one other affiliation I think that benefits from this. I mean, I know Asgard loses drop off, but also they have the innate sort of innate healing ability with their leadership. Yep. Um, to heal one each round or heal a status if you so choose. Um, so I think that I mean Todd touched on Odin's blessing already, so I'm not going to talk about that anymore. But healing one per round, if you remember to do it at the beginning of the round is uh is pretty big as well. Yeah. Well, and they're pretty throw heavy too cuz if you're playing event or uh, as guardians, you're probably playing Valkyrie and Thor. You're this definitely playing Thor, but you're most likely sticking Valkyrie in there unless there's something wrong with you. Um <laughs> I oh, thought you're a Valkyrie, man. Yeah. If you're playing oh, Asgard, oh. you got to go in there. Huh. What are you going to do? Thor Hello, Loki. Loki. Crossbones. Loki. Crossbones. Cross- Crossbones. Wow. Crossbones. Winter Soldier. Oh. Uh-oh. 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 We're starting oh, no. that now. Here we go. No, no don't do it. Here it's going to hurt. Go. Here we oh, go. Dear. Chris, Chris give Chris, it to me. I'm ready Chris, for it. Chris is stroking his beard right after I, I, I don't even need to use it now. You know you lost the Winter Soldier. <laughs> yes. I just bring it up whenever I want. <laughs> for those unaware, in my last TTS League game, uh, I talked a lot of crap about Winter Soldier in our tier list and in our uh, Turn Zero chat. But uh, I lost when Winter Soldier was on the table. To be fair, he was just sitting on the back point and didn't really do much. And I—that's well, because you didn't want that smoke. Wait, wait. He, Kenny says he. <laughs> Kenny says he didn't do much. The fucker scored five points. He, I believe he it was six. Six. It was six. It was, oh, six. It was six. Oh my bad. My bad. I'll, yes, he scored six points. But I also think I lost that more because of a misplay on my end and not Winter Soldier scoring six points. Because after that first round, I was more often scoring more than my opponent than he was. Well, if it makes you feel better, I put Crossbones in a roster today. That's Merzane. Merzane will be about that. That's true. We'll let him know. You'll still take it, I'm sure. Yes. (laughs) I I still want to see Kenny and Chris play. I'm really getting hyped about this match. 
that isn't happening yet. Dude, we need to have like a TTS or a TTS like turn zero tournament between all yeah. however many of us there are. I think there's like 10 of us now. <laughs> that would be awesome. I don't want to beat all you guys. Oh, get out. Yeah, good luck. I like y'all too much. You got to go through <laughs> sooner than me, dude. Uh-uh. Uh, all right, let's yeah, do it. I, I heard all right, that. fine, I, fine. You know what? I, no. All right. Done. Let's do it. When are we doing it? I, I heard that sigh of frustration. He's like, oh, I don't know. No, no. I'm just going to call you out. So all that right. was, We'll discuss. All right. That was the sigh. That was the sigh I'm calling of you, I'm acceptance. Calling you out. All right. Let's do this. Well, this is the perfect segue, conveniently, to talk about the criminal syndicate because they are out. They are live. They are fresh. They are available. And I believe that Todd and his group have been playing a lot of games at uh, Total Access Games in Virginia. And I want to hear about what you guys have discovered because I know it's good and Minion is evil. Um. <laughs> Well, I will say at the end of the weekend, we did come up with something kind of cool between like four or five of us that we're looking at uh, playing around with and seeing what we can come up with. So that'll be interesting. Let's see. Let's see if uh, Turn Zero can get another card on the restricted list. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just at a base level, though, the, the affiliation is as good as advertised. I mean, they feel legit. The the characters that you can put in it and the flexibility in the roster is pretty sweet. I mean, like Taskmaster feels as good as I thought he was going to be. Um, I think he's above what I thought he was going to be. Bullseye feels better than what I thought he was going to be on face value. Um, I mean, I've done lots of cool stuff with the affiliation power already. I, I killed a character with Punisher. He had a civilian token on him, passed it off, picked up the one that got dropped from the character I killed. Like, There's all sorts of little janky things that add up over the course of a game, and it feels good, man. This uh, release is probably my favorite so far, just in terms of cards, in terms of affiliations, in terms of characters. It's It feels very solid. Yeah, I, I had a game where I was playing um, Miles with Criminal Syndicate, um, where Miles attacked into a guy, stole a hammer, took another attack with the hammer, dazed a guy, then threw the hammer back to uh, Kingpin uh, so Kingpin could use it on his turn. Um, That's disgusting. Which is pretty good. (laughs) Um, Another interesting thing about that ability, they just have to be within range three. They don't require line of sight. Yep, you could be behind a wall. Yeah, so Kingpin was on the other side of a size five building. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he he got it. So that's pretty cool. Um, So that was something neat that we found with it. Uh, I also found out that Hail to the King is probably my new favorite attack in the game. It's Um, quite good. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you tell us what it does? Because it's radio. Oh, okay, yeah, you can't see it, but I was, I was just looking at it. It's really nice. <laughs> I, I was just, I was just pointing at it, thinking about it. I was actually just rubbing it, going, "Yeah, you're my friend." Uh, oh, gross! Don't, um, don't do anyway, that. Anyway, um, so it's a range two, um, which interestingly enough is range two is where you need to be for most normal throws, anyway, right? Okay, cool. So it's a range two. <laughs> I'm, I just I want to I want to preface I would I just want to make sure all this is included in the story of what this attack is. Um, so it's range two. It costs three powers. Most throws cost around three power, right? Mm-hmm. So most superpowers cost three power to throw within range two. Seems good. Um, it also auto staggers. It throws any size, so it doesn't matter. He doesn't care what size you are. Oh, and oh, by the way, it rolls seven dice. 
That's a pretty good superpower that has an attack built into it, huh? Yeah. So basically a better I am Groot. Um, it's yeah, it's better in every way than everything. Mostly because it's, it's half cost. Yeah, yeah half the cost. I am Groot. Yeah, like it's better. It's just better than everything. It's an auto stagger, an auto throw, and whatever these dice do. I will say <laughs> you, also, it's like you get to throw and stagger, and you might you might deal extra damage. Yeah, why not? Because yeah, you, you might know. hit him. You might hit him along the way. Maybe. I will say also about Kingpin. I didn't play Criminal Syndicate at all this weekend, but Merzin and I tried out the uh, the Vibranium Heist, which was awesome, by the way. But uh, yeah. I played Kingpin in my list because I mean he's new and I wanted to play him. Uh, his headbutt getting a stun and a push on a wild is pretty freaking sweet. Yeah, uh, we we were talking about this, and I think we've come to a consensus here. Um, unless you got, I'd love to see if you guys got one that's better than this. But I think Kingpin is the first leader that feels like you have to deal with him as soon as possible. Um, like I think every other leader, you're kind of like, oh, there's a cool three point character that's paying an extra point in the roster spot because he has an affiliation bonus. Kingpin feels like a four-point character who also, oh, by the way, has an affiliation bonus. Um, I think Thor maybe. Thor is probably the closest, but, I mean, I still feel like if you're playing against Asgard, like, you're probably taking out Valkyrie first. That's true. Um, So he's, he's like, target two, and that's he's probably the closest – but Kingpin feels like the first one that has to go because that leadership ability, if you let that get online and then start passing tokens, that game's going to get away from you faster than you realize. So I, I just want to reinforce <laughs> and fill some dead air here. And, okay. and re- reinforce the idea that I, I think Kingpin is one of the better four-cost characters we've ever had mm-hmm. before you count his affiliation bone, his uh, leadership ability. Yeah. And that's I think that's a big difference because when you compare him to say Cap, yeah, Cap's not worth four without right. the affiliation bonus, right? And Kingpin definitely is, and then he's got one of the most interesting and possibly game changing uh, leaderships, yeah, that we've seen so far because Absolutely. of how it, because of how it manipulates the points. Yeah, and I think uh, my my big thought was I thought spiders would be fine into them initially out of the gate. I actually question that now. Um, I think I think Syndicate can definitely give Spiders a run. Um, and, and the more reps we get with it and the more we get it dialed in, I think we'll find the avenue where Syndicate can get over Spiders. Yeah, it's tight. Uh, even with only having played them a couple times, it felt like uh, the game was much closer than other games I've played against Spiders right out of the gate. Yeah. But, you know, I know it's not Criminal Syndicate affiliated, but... Uh, the two best characters in this for my money are Kingpin and Punisher. And Punisher really stepped up for me playing him over the weekend. I don't know if you guys have played him very much or feel the same way, but, I mean, he starts with one power. He's got two rapid-fire attacks he's getting points on, so he's ready to go with his big seven-die pierce attack that slows and stuns right out the gate every turn, as long as he's within three of somebody. And then that cheeky little pay-two move short, you know, we know how good out-of-turn movement is. That's just a nice little cherry on top, especially if you play him in Criminal Syndicate. He's worth two characters on a point. So my question for you guys is the other side of Kingpin's ability, because I know a lot of people are super hot on being able to pass tokens. I'm actually more interested in their ability to count as two characters when determining who's securing objective tokens, because, um, 
you know, plugging the article we did with Utility Cookie, he and I were talking about this, like, amongst ourselves, and we were just really amazed that AMG would allow an affiliation to essentially force your opponent to have to commit three times as many resources to one objective versus you. So what I mean by that is if you put one model on a point as the uh, syndicate player, you score it unless your opponent puts three healthy characters. And because the syndicate is so powerful and they have the ability to daze, the moment one of your opponent's characters becomes dazed, that character just can't compete against a healthy syndicate model. So now their odds of scoring objectives become worse and worse and worse. Of course, you do lose this ability if your syndicate characters are no longer healthy. So that's a thing. But like early to mid game, like rounds one, two, and possibly three, you can legitimately bully people off of objectives just by showing up. And there's not much they can do about it because I don't think most people are going to commit three characters on one point and then you just go cool here my ant-man goes over here my black widow goes over there and we're just going to score these out from under you and now your opponent's like uh this this stinks so this is one area i think guardians of the galaxy might actually gain in yeah because they're so used to going wide i mean we saw once again like pointing back to sooner's game this week he was running what seven characters it makes it so much easier for him to get three points on a potential objective. Or, I mean, if it comes down to it, just two to make sure that you don't even score it in the first place. And then you've got two characters, maybe like a Groot or um, or Drax or Ronin that you have in your face that you're trying to deal with now. Or Taskmaster. Yeah, or Taskmaster. Taskmaster is a great slot into Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, on the on the other side of that table in, in Syndicate, Taskmaster, that's where I've seen him overperforming all weekend. Yeah. Is you put Taskmaster on a side of the map kind of alone, and the rest of your team on the other side, and he's holding that point for you because they can't outnumber him on it. And if they start trying to unload attacks on him, his his defenses just keep growing. So they can each character on that side of the map can really only attack him once. And yeah. he's he's just holding holding the point on his own for three. I mean, yes, but Guardians of the Galaxy has some decent access to throws and pushes with Ronan and Drax. So, like, if I I think if I'm seeing Criminal Syndicate off uh, like across the table, and I have Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm more inclined to bring Ronan and Drax because they can throw and push you off of that objective, and you oh, just wait, save but- them for last. The only problem with bringing them for the throws, though, is you, you limit your roster's ability to bring extra characters by going with those four-point characters. Like as soon as you as soon as you put in a four-point character in that roster, it almost limits you immediately by one character. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. So like that one, uh, so it makes it a little harder to get as wide on them, uh, but it gives you a little bit more flexibility on the objectives to actually get them off. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like a. Six and one, half a dozen in the other, right? Like which one, which which way you want to go with it? Um, yeah, I, I don't think either one is wrong or right, really, right? Like we haven't, I don't think we've had enough time to test it, um, but we've absolutely, absolutely been talking about going wide with Criminal Syndicate and going wide with with Guardians. Yeah, um, and going wide with Syndicate specifically because of that ability is what lets them compete head on with spiders. Yeah, I mean if you if you're going wide. 
you're going to have one character to get back that can't be controlled at least. Yeah. And you're going to be able to contest them where they're, you know, able to throw one character off. You move back in with a single character and you cap that point from them. So um, it stops the spiders from getting like a six to two advantage at the start of the game. So it really levels it out. Yeah. And it generally ends up coming out in the syndicate's favor because if spiders try and spread early, that leaves one at a spot. And then when syndicate comes back, any one of their characters is a two. Mm-hmm. All right. So like, so, and they win that fight. So they actually, they actually come ahead at one point coming out around one. Uh, I think then, we had the same thing happen. Yeah. You came out ahead of me. And then spiders typically, you know, there's obviously spider lists that do want to brawl, but a lot of them are trying to control more than brawl. So they maybe have one or two characters that want to fight you. And then if somebody's getting targeted, they just hand the token off. Yeah. So spiders have a hard time chasing down those objective tokens if they're not picking them up first. Yeah, they do want to get their hands on them first because otherwise, like, they're going to have to fight you for them. And mm. they've really only got miles in the spiders to do the fighting or venom if you go that way. But I'm not that guy. Yeah, and they got a couple characters that are good at holding objectives. Taskmaster and Kingpin are both pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, you got to get in there and venom blast them. Or really focus them down. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. the other thing. I will I will add that too. The other thing that I happened with my roster is Venom is now entirely back out, uh, and Taskmaster is in. I think Taskmaster. I think Taskmaster is great in spiders. I can good. hear like Mike screaming from across the country. <laughs> he, he had his Phenomenal! moment. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, he, he he had like a week or two in my roster. Yeah. So, he, he had right. a whole season on TTS. Everyone was like, no, no, Venom. Not a, not a whole season. Not in my roster. He had three oh. weeks in my roster. <laughs> Mike, Mike wow. missed his opportunity. He was down in Tier 2 gaming. Yeah. Scoring yeah. around. <laughs> he didn't have his chance to come back up and, and play Venom. So it's the, it, the moment's gone, man. Just You got to let it go. <laughs> so. I was going to say, I think Mike would take the win on Todd even playing Venom in general. So. Uh, yeah, I think he counts that as a win, too. But... Uh, Affiliation is good, man, and the healthy characters counting to two is it's the equalizer. Yeah. I mean, the the thing about them, too, is that a lot of the characters in the roster are three, so you're tend to, tending to play not as, I don't want to say not as impactful, but they're definitely not game-changing. Like, it's hard to fit a Thor in there. Like, your big beater is going to be MODOK all the time. So that, that lets them kind of... Even the playing field, in my opinion. Well, and I do think the the one thing that they do feel wonky at is the 17. The 17-point list feels weird because you've got Kingpin at four, Modoc at five, and then you've got uh, a three-pointer generally. So mm-hmm. Taskmaster, uh, Bullseye. Crossbones. No crossbones. We're not playing crossbones here yet. Well, we tried him. <laughs> I, we tried him. Uh, but, like, so you come out at 12 points from the start. So you've got this weird five-point spot to fill, which means you either have to take a two-pointer um, or another five-pointer. Well, and the other uh, place they suffer is that they don't have great four-pointers. It's just Killmonger. So you end up at weird... Well, Goblin. Go- well, yeah. I still don't think Goblin's great on his own. All right. Killmonger? Killmonger is the other one. So he he still feels a little soft, I think. I'm not sure. I haven't tried him yet. I've tried screwing around with some other stuff. They they do have some weird point values that they don't super like. I mean, making a 19 is a little rough. I haven't tried a 20. Um, I think 19 is fine. I've got a decent roster at 16. 17 is a little shaky, but I'm playing Widow Bomb or not Widow Bomb, but Bomb Squad on 17 anyway. Bomb so, Squad. Um, they feel really good at 15. 
Yeah, they do at 15. 15. They just mob you on gamma shelters. Yeah, 15, they feel like they're pretty solid. We also haven't filled it out yet because already printed on that sheet is at least two more characters on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it, though. I'm I'm a little frustrated that they're not going to be available for the TTS League going forward. Yeah. Um, Especially with the delay in release overseas. Um, Wait, what? So yeah, they're um, since they they weren't released overseas mm-hmm. um, at the same time they were in the U.S. So when the TTS league, uh, they will not be available for the playoffs or the uh, oh. or the other what is that four round thing? Yeah, or the other the other uh, side tournament for us losers. Yeah. Well, yikes. All right. So one thing I want to do is I want to pick Minion's brain because he likes to uh, find ways to break games. I'm sure he's smiling while I'm talking about this, but he's, he's um, not really. He actually frowned when you said no. that. That's true. I forgot Minion won <laughs> the Angela and Enchantress pack and like he wasn't even smiling. He looked like he had to poop. Yeah, he was mad because I, like, I diced him. So, <laughs> I diced him and I was like, here you go, man. Here, you can have this. You're fine. Consolation prize. I wanted yeah. to win that game. Yeah, he really wanted the game more than that. Is that why you looked mad that you had just won something that most people in America don't have? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what okay. it was. I mean, it's, okay. it's uh, right. while I liked winning it, even if my face didn't show it, it's a little bit of a, um, it's a little bittersweet that, you know, I can't really play it until it comes yeah. out. So it's like, I don't know, it's in a weird spot. Yeah. Like, you can, well, you can play it, like, locally, but you wouldn't be able to play it for any, like, events, right? Right. So that sucks. But but I want to I want to pick Minion's brain because I like how he uh, fiddles with things, um, and you guys as well. But I want to hear what are some of the um, more unique interactions that you guys are discovering or contemplating with Criminal Syndicate? Because in my <laughs> in my opinion, ba- based on my testing, the things I've talked to with other people. It's a uh, super high uh, skill ceiling affiliation. Like on the surface, there's there's a lot to parse through. But the more you begin to fiddle with it and the more you begin to play with it and the more you begin to see different lines of play, it's it's almost like a literal toolbox. It's like you have so many different tools for so many different opportunities. And it makes me believe that this is probably not necessarily one of the most broken or OP affiliations, but in the hands of the right people, they can push it to do all kinds of really crazy things that people might not expect. And they go, wait a minute, that's actually a thing. And you're like, yeah, that's a legal play. And you're like, oh, uh oh, I didn't I didn't prepare for this. Um, I got it, guys. Uh, no comment. Yeah. Waiting to develop that one. <laughs> oh, I knew it. I knew you. I know you've got something. Guys. I know it. I, I've, I, I've, I've got mm-hmm. one for you. Oh, here you go. I've, I've got one for you. And this is this is on Thank a you. limb. Right. So this is this is at the end of that limb and the <coughs> branch is kind of swaying. But Daredevil in Syndicate. Uh-huh. So Uh-oh. right now, people have to outnumber you on the the secures to get that point. So if you put Daredevil out there, they're clustering their guys up to outnumber him and walking right into the what is it? Devil's Deliverance? Yeah. Yeah, Devil's Deliverance. <laughs> uh, big attack. Oh my. So, oh, let, that's let's amazing. Talk, let's talk, so that that's, let's talk that's about at what the this like I said is. it's at the end of that limb. Yeah. Oh wow. That's, you're a mean person. Stick him on the opposite gamma shelter. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're just running straight across the board. They pile up on the third gamma shelter, and then he blows up. 
he explodes. And you want him to get you want him to get flipped anyway, so that he gets uh, yeah. the, the the third attack with the strike each round. Absolutely. Oh man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So so for those of you who don't know, I'm going to tell you what Devil's Deliverance is. It's a physical attack. It's an area two, two dice, five power. This attack adds two dice to each of its attack rolls for each non-dazed enemy character within range two of this character when this attack was chosen. And then after this attack is resolved, the target character is pushed away from this character short. Is that... So you just kind of run in and punch everybody, and then they all kind of get flipped away. Is that a physical attack, too? Yes. It is a physical That's attack. That's weird. Yeah, and he's got three physical defense. Just... I, I just, just want to oh. state that stat apropos oh. of nothing. Oh... <laughs> Well, that brings up another restricted card, Doomed Prophecy. Oh man, you guys are yeah, that's rough. <laughs> no, no, Ouch. I think I think wow. in this in this in this set though, I think Punisher was the one that was more relevant towards uh, Doomed Prophecy. Agreed. Uh, mm-hmm. Because one of the ways that we found to play around Doomed Prophecy, and this is going back earlier, was that you just stay away from Widow for a while until you feel like you can deal with her. Yep. And she doesn't get the opportunity to do anything because you have to Doomed Prophecy at the start of the round. Right. So you kind of know when it's coming. When you had Punisher just bidding, getting released, if they were in the same lineup, you could put one on each side of the map, and then your opponent can't really keep away from one of the doomed prophecy people. That's what I've been yep, that's doing what we with talked Bomb about. Squad. Yeah, the, the only trick is if your opponent is playing uh, all according to plan, it's really, really hard to get that playoff, if not impossible. So, like, yeah. if I see <laughs> the opponent lining up with that, with a a potential criminal syndicate, I got to think really hard about whether or not I want to try Bomb Squad. Yeah, especially if they have a according to plan in their uh, in mm-hmm. their ten. Exactly. Or five. But then you just put the Bomb Squad into Syndicate. Oh, yeah. Which is also <laughs> yeah, That's what I've been saying. Yeah, you, if you play Bomb Squad inside of Syndicate, you can do the counter all according to plan. You're like, uh-oh. I've had that happen. I, I did that today against Nathan, all according to plan. Oh, no, I'll take it back. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's exhausting. Uh, every time power. I've played Syndicate or played against it, that card has been used. It's, uh, I, I told you it's guys. Huge. I told you guys. Ten power is is well, not a big problem. We never Everyone's, disagreed with you, and we're touting so, uh, that someone, horn someone as well. Someone disagreed. Someone was like, "This card is too expensive." I'm like, it, "It's going to get played almost all the time. I think it's it, too good." I think it won our game, didn't it? In, the, in the middle of dicing me, so I had a I had a wide <laughs> list, and Todd's busy <laughs> dicing me, so he dazes like three characters one round. He's got like six hammers. Goes into the next round and pays what was it, twelve or thirteen for all according <laughs> paid, to plan? I paid thirteen, <laughs> and then he goes and kills those dudes who just got dazed. It was it was vicious. <laughs> It's pretty awesome. <laughs> the only thing you can you catch your opponent got? is if they try to play power off of characters that aren't Criminal Syndicate. That's the key. Yeah, then you can get them. And, and if they ask you, you can take it back saying, hell no. <laughs> they legally can't do that, so you can't force them to spend power they couldn't spend in the first place. I mean, I'll allow it. You could force them to spend I mean, it in the wrong places, though. Like, if they, like, let's say they wanted to have some power on uh, Kingpin. Yeah. They wanted to keep three on him. By by spending it off another dude, then you can you can be like, no, he has to spend the power. Yeah. Then he's not as threatening yeah. when he can't uh, hail to the king. You're making yeah. that's the thing about playing it too is you have to make sure that you have power on the appropriate characters. It's not just whoever's on your roster. Yeah. So you may only have three criminal syndicate characters. It can't come off of anybody. It's got to come off of those three. Yeah, and that and that's part of the trick to that card. Like 
the time if people try to just run it and blow it up as fast as possible, it's not going to be as good for them. It's not going to be as effective. You need to set that card up and you need to play it when it's going to actually swing the board advantage. Um, Cause that, when I did it on you, like that, that was brutal. Um, that like that you would have gotten priority. You had shots at two characters and that was a, that, that, play right there was able to made that able to close the game out but and even even if you set all of that aside i was having to determine whether i was going to risk attacking characters to avoid giving them power yeah uh to do the well laid pl- or, uh all according, all according to plan yeah the, the, the plan card yeah <laughs> so that that card is legit um and, and if you're playing syndicate you should definitely put it in your eight try it in your five and just look at the spots where you can play it and what you can do with it i think you'll be surprised how how easy it is to get to that 10 and how effective it is when you actually pull it off i mean it's usually online turn two you might have to do a little work well now that's in the wide list right yeah so like if you're running like a smaller list like a four or five character list you're only going to have like probably three syndicates yeah but you would have three at a uh you would have three and a five or a four and a seven. So a what? Yeah. That made no sense. Yeah. We only have one more. All right, I, have a, I have a question for you guys. I'm going to segue uh, shadow organization. That's the other card I was really spiced on. Uh, did you guys play it? Was it successful or it, it never hit the I table? I played it to win a game today. Oh, tell me, tell me, tell just me. played it in the last round. I had Modoc who had, was pushing people off of points and just put them outside the range where they could do anything, so they had to move in to attack and got one shot on them characters. Um, and, I mean, that was enough to make a difference. Nothing. T- Is that it? No one else No, no one else used it? Uh, I've, I've, I haven't used it myself. I have seen other people attempting to use it, though, and the power cost for the characters you're trying to protest, protect are quite high, and if they have an option to just go at somebody else instead of those characters, it, it kind of, be, it can become a pretty big power sink to not do a whole lot until the situation arises. So it's not one that's just online all the time. It, it the situation has to come up. Yeah. Th- and that was the other thing I was going to say, the situation presented itself because he had Kingpin on a back point. Um, Taskmaster I had pushed way out. He had a bullseye on my shelter so he had to come into me to try to attack me to daze a character. So the situation presented itself. And against certain lists like spiders who already want to be within two of you to attack you anyway and have the ability to move in and move out, it's not as big of a deal. So it's, it's really, really situational. All right. And what about extreme conditioning? Did that hit the table at all? I did not end up playing with extreme conditioning this weekend. There are too many other things that felt good. And then part of that, too, was last night we were talking with – Todd and I were talking with uh, – sooner in the interview and then sploosh afterwards and we were talking about aim lackeys versus extreme conditioning and both of them made the point that it's better to spend the power off of another character to get you that long move than to pay it yourself yeah i was i was actually going to make that same point but with tactical analysis instead of aim lackeys yeah um it's you want to you want to get that character into position without draining them of power Mm -hmm. it's also important that it's an extra activation or an extra action for that character. Right. Activation. And extreme conditioning takes one of your moves. Right. So, so the fact that um, aim lackeys actually gives you the move and you still have your two actions to resolve after the fact 
is super powerful. I think there's still a place for it. It's just there's a couple other cards that may do it a little better. Uh, you're talking extreme? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I do think Aimed Lackeys is the better one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that's dependent on you having Modoc too. Right. right. Which, if you're playing Criminal Syndicate, is probably there. Yeah. And I can see the argument for extreme over tactical analysis, um, but tactical does actually give you a free move mm-hmm. um, that doesn't resolve an action, and it's on it's it's with a different character's power yeah. as well. Yeah. So and that's that's pretty huge. So um, like so as much as I like that one, I, I don't think I ran I ran it. I don't think I played it. I had it played against me, and it. It let him get in position to make an attack, but then I just moved him out with Mudok afterwards. Yeah. Ouch. So I mean, play? I would love to use extreme conditioning with um, any kind of charge attacker. Sure. Like, so that's mm-hmm. a place it could be good. Um, the only problem there is you've got to pay for the charge and that card on top of it. I know it is it one or two for that card. It's two. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to require you to have four to five power to yeah. be able to pull off the long move. Not charge. if you're in Avengers. Ah. Uh, it's going to require you to have four because their only charger takes three. Um, and so it's going to have to have the, the two for the charge and the two yeah, for the card. The, yeah. So, an affiliation charger. Let's say that. There, there's other people that could use it in there for three. Yeah. And there still might be play with something like Crossbones, but right. he still he has to wait till turn two to use it because he won't have the two power available immediately. So it's not really helping him that much. And then he shows up and he doesn't have any power to do anything else with. So he'll just strike you and then you move him or walk away. Did you play, did you play well-laid plans with a uh, criminal? No, I didn't end up doing that. Cause I was wondering how that played out. Uh, that was one that we were interested in as well. Yeah. Putting but, Goblin and Ock in there made it hard to get affiliation. And <laughs> I think well, Goblin's in affiliation. It is, but I had a hard time with the points, I guess. I, I tried to work it a little bit, but I ended up switching more to the Widow Bomb instead of trying to pull off both the Bomb and the Well-Laid Plans gimmicks. Yeah, I, I tried, to, I tried to, to play the Well-Laid Plans in Syndicate, but the, um, the objectives came out, and it wasn't suited to Well-Laid Plans. Yeah. Because uh, we were on, uh, I think, spell books, and I didn't feel like with only three books out there, and if I'm getting one or two, yeah, like I didn't feel like it was likely to do a lot of work. So mm-hmm. I, I, uh, it, I, I, I opted to go with a, a different lineup, but it was in my ten, and I, I think it could do some work in the on the right objectives. Um, just because making people drop the stuff is is good, and I guess that was my problem more that. If I'm going to take points to play somebody like Goblin, I'd rather just spend an extra point to play a Modoc or a Corvus with a Reality or something like that. It, putting him in there when he doesn't feel like a great single character versus either of those two, and he's only there to pull off the gimmick, really, just didn't feel worth it. Yeah, and he doesn't even get to drop off anymore. He doesn't. Like, that was going to be pretty good. Uh, like I, I, thought, I think when we were originally looking at it, we're like, oh, shit, Goblin's actually got a home. Um, that feels a little better than the spider foes right now because the spider foes also still need to be fleshed out. Yeah. Um, that said, though, I think Taskmaster is good everywhere. Yeah. Um, so all of a sudden the spider foes feel better too. It's hard for me to want to play Goblin anywhere. Like, yeah, he is a four-pointer in the affiliation, and there's some times where you need a four-pointer to make it work, but I would rather almost do anything else than play Goblin. 
I, I conspiracy theory. I almost wonder if Green Goblin wasn't one of those characters who may have had his design space constricted by the drop off uh, because he was a, a medium si- uh, base yeah. flyer, size three too. Yeah, that very likely. Very uh, likely. Wasn't that's wasn't he supposed to come out early on as well? Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't remember what his box box number was, but I, I think he was supposed to be an earlier one. Um, but still, I, I do feel like drop off probably hindered every flyer that came out. Uh, I mean, the only one it feels like it didn't hinder as much was Thor. Um, but I feel like that's why his charge costs three and most everybody else's costs two. The so, other thing with putting Goblin in a criminal syndicate roster is I like to play Bullseye and Punisher as a tandem. And if I put Goblin in there too, that's three characters of the Fortnite basic, and that just doesn't feel very good. Yeah. Punisher and Bullseye both have tricks to make that not as much of a problem. Yeah. But Goblin really suffers for that, even though he can switch the damage types. And and, it, and it's also easy to miss the fact that when he's on his flip side, he can't carry out objectives. Yeah, he can't do the criminal syndicate thing. Yeah, so like he, he like he's pretty much excluded from the syndicate's ability. Yeah, because now he's flipped, he doesn't count as two, and he can't touch or interact with objectives. So he's just battering ram, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, Goblin, Goblin does feel a little wonky in there. Um, I think probably for me, uh, the biggest thing that came out of this weekend was hired muscle is above and beyond what I thought it was. I was going to ask about that next because I haven't tested it yet, but it seems pretty awesome, and I have an idea I need to test out on TTS before I uh, officially say anything about it. Oh. You guys and your secrets are terrible. Stop doing that. I'll share. No, you, I, you, you, don't, you don't have well, to share. Let's go ahead share, Kenny, and let's see if we're on the same page. Yeah, so my thought with Hired Muscle, um, so I'll just read the card real quick because it's not on the MCP database yet. Um, it's unaffiliated. Any active character may spend one to play this card. Each civilian token within three of this character is placed within two of its current position. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, Todd and I had our um, week five matchup, and I went and stole one of his uh, civilian tokens with Ghost Rider. Um, and one of my thoughts with this is that obviously like, you can play it and be much safer with your character if you're going to go steal your opponent's civilian token. But if you can potentially maybe get a large base in between two of your, or like the two civilian tokens on one wing, like out of the right side or the left side, um, I'm curious as to if you can maybe touch both of them, move your opponents closer to you, and move the one that's closest to your side back towards one of your other characters. All right. So we'll, at the same time. So so you're you're on the right page. We've already broke this. Ah. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> Sorry guys. Yep, yep. We I was going to let you go and then I was like, "Oh shit, he's 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 getting there. He's getting there." Nah, <laughs> uh, he's real close. So the 17 point um scroll objective, uh they're they're civilians. Uh, yes. Um so if you have a, si- a medium-sized base or a large-sized base, you can affect both the middle and the exterior token and move both of them turn one to your side of the field. Oh. Um, now, we, we've got this developed out even farther right now, but I don't want to go that route yet. I want to hold on to that and try and surprise some people. Oh, come but on. But, yes, you, you are 100% right, Kenny. There are some things you can do there, and there are certain objectives that you can probably abuse turn one. 
um, and, and make it harder for your opponent to be able to interact or really compete on those objectives early in the game. You're, you're going to get this card banned within the next month at the rate you're going. Uh, but it's, Todd, maybe we'll uh, tag team an article. Well, I mean, even beyond that, um, the plays that you can make with it in, in tough situations where um, you daze a character and, and maybe your character is low on health, so you place it within two of the characters that you hit it, you know, you dazed, and then you get to move it another two away. Uh, again, that's another effective stagger, and it's only for one. Um, and aside from those situations where you can actually move objectives on the board early in the game, there's a lot of things you can do with that card. I had a situation today against Chris where Chris actually didn't have somebody that could pick up the token. He threw it away from me in order to save the point and make me have to waste an action to go get it. The next activation, I just hired muscle, brought it back to the character, and left. Ooh, um, <laughs> that's mean. So, like, there's a lot of things you can actually do with that card that give it the kind of flexibility that I want to have in a card um, to either swing the game in my favor or make it harder on my opponent. And then there's... Yeah, and the fact that it only costs one is not incredibly And it's un- unaffiliated. Like, it, yeah, that too. A one cost and unaffiliated means it's good to go from the beginning of the game. And there's the, the obvious play on the new, um, the new Fisk 16-point... Objective mm-hmm. where you somebody is trying to cap those with a couple of characters, you can just yank it out from all of their guys onto your one guy, yeah. and now you're one. You've got a four point swing for one, for yeah. one power and a tactic card, and that's 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 like a game winner right there. Yeah, or, or the play to actually move it into a crowd of their characters when they just have one sitting there and a couple back off it because they don't want the stun, and you're like, you know what? Hey, one, moving into everybody. Now all your guys are stunned next turn. Yep. Um, <laughs> That's so Like, there, there's so many plays. damaged, possibly dazed. Yeah. You, know, you got that one guy with one health who's trying to run away. Yeah, like, so, like, you deal a couple <laughs> damage, you stun everybody, and then you're like, hey, guess what? I'm going to I'm gonna steal the next uh, priority, and I'm going to wreck you. And you're not going to get any power for it. So have a good game. Like, there, there's some gross plays that can be made with that card. So I'm, I'm pulling it up right now in TTS and testing this out. You can do that, like what I was talking about. You can do that if you get a character, one of your own characters, like a media or like even the smallest base. You get them in the middle of the map. They play hired muscle. You're now touching both of the objectives on one side. Yes, and sir. And you can move them wherever the heck you want. Yes, sir. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm excited for this. It goes further, Kenny. <laughs> Oh, I believe oh, it. You, you, oh, man. you just entered the rabbit hole. <laughs> we, we've been, no, we've I, been playing geometry <laughs> with that thing for about an hour before we started the show. Yeah, and we broke out a calculator <laughs> and calculated we odds. Abso- and- we absolutely did. <laughs> oh, man. Pulling out the old geometry textbook, huh? So, yeah. Merzane knows. He's an optician, too. So I, that's, I get it from that. <laughs> and then we have the living Jarvis in Minion. So... <laughs> that's true he's he's a walking Jarvis <laughs> so yeah no but like the, I'm really excited by this new stuff and I'm really excited that we got we, we talked about it in the last episode how many of these cards we thought were actually going to be impactful in the game and then on top of that there's a ban and restricted list that came out so now all these cards that we were like man it's going to be hard to find room for them in my eight. Thanks, AMG. It's still hard, though, because they're all good. Yeah, they're, they're, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> there's still a lot of picking and choosing to do. but And cruelty is still really good. 
Well, and we haven't even talked about that. I told that. you, I told you that card was good. No, it's really I good. Think we all said it was good. <laughs> well, I mean, we all said it was good, but I mean, like we were talking about it today in the the bomb squad. Yeah, like you do a doom prophecy on Punisher or Widow, and then somewhere in the middle of that, you throw in a cruelty, and then you all you got, and come back and do a couple more. Like that's dumb. There, there's there's a lot of good stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is it's, it's really exciting. This is one of like the first set of releases where I've really felt like the tactics are going to in, impact the game just as much as the characters are. Oh yeah. I'm I'm very suspicious if AMG wanted this to be how the game was played, and just because of drop off being kind of restrictive, they had to wait. Like in my head, I I see some of these unaffiliated tactic cards, and I'm like. We could have seen these months ago, but I feel like they specifically released these cards in conjunction with the ban list. So that way we get this really fresh and rejuvenating wave of new characters, new cards. The, uh, the I, I mean, I think it was kind of stale, the tactic selection. It was pretty much like you bring three or four cards and then one or two like flex cards that was it now you can't do that anymore one of the best cards that was somewhat oppressive is banned and the other five you can only bring two so now you you essentially they open up three slots in your in your roster and it's like oh there's a lot of really good cards out there that no one's been playing that now have an opportunity to become a little bit more mainstream like hired muscle i'm very confident is going to see a lot of play I think Disarm is going to see a lot of play. I, I agree I with really, that. Yeah. I super like that card, but the problem was it was number like six or seven. It was just on the cusp of being in my roster. And now that I can only bring two out of the five cards I was probably going to bring anyways, it's uh, it's definitely stepped up in my list. If I'm running MODOK, aim lackeys, that's going to be a thing. Well, I, I think um, if you were running competitive um, – Disarm was probably your number eight card in your list because you wanted to have a weapon to use against uh, Corvus. Uh, and and Disarm is probably one of your best weapons to limit Corvus's effectiveness in competitive. Yeah, I still think Extreme Conditioning is really potent in Criminal Syndicate. You may or may not play it all the time, but just having it available, like just being able to throw it on someone and they move down the field and cap a point where you need it, That's to me, that's really good. Um, Shadow Org, I think, is a very nuanced card, but I'm very excited to start using it on people. We've we talked about all according to plan. I think that ga- that card is game warping if used properly. Yeah, and I'm I'm super excited to play on someone because if you're not playing Syndicate and I've got ten power, you have to respect the fact that I can take control of this game at any point I choose. Yeah, and that that is a very scary place to be if you're not paying attention because if someone makes any kind of error or they make any kind of miscalculation and i see a gap i can just crush that gap and you go oh no what have i done and you know that's that is such a fun place to be especially as a control player being able to just wait to pounce that feels so good yeah uh miles and i would i would tell people again don't sleep on miles in the syndicate i think he's mm-hmm. probably one of the best flex threes into the syndicate um man is he good in there uh, the, yeah oh the yeah the ability to steal an objective he gets a extra move with his web line um like he just he does everything that they can't do and then expands on what they can do. 
Um, and, and he's he's really, really good in there. Yeah, I'm excited to play like a long range mover where you do like a core shell, of like Kingpin Taskmaster X person, maybe, you know, depending on how many points you have. But you, you know, for me, it's the shell of Kingpin Taskmaster and one other person. And then I'm going to throw Miles and Ant-Man in for long range snipes where, you know, we get to like the last activation of the round. It's like, cool, Ant-Man's on your backfield. Uh, oh, I, I, what? I think Minion has some input on Ant-Man into Taskmaster. Uh, yeah, it, I tried to fight Taskmaster with an Ant-Man <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> and it was it was the possibly the worst experience I've had in Crisis Protocol. <laughs> Um, so he, he would do like the, the ant size and uppercut, six dice, no damage. Maybe he takes one in reply and then he'd do his other attack just to get out of there and transform again. And then, and then I finally gave up after two rounds of just like wailing on Taskmaster and doing nothing. And then I think it was, uh, so, but he was still full health. Ant-Man was. Yeah. yeah. And then MODOK just like looked at him and took him off the table. <laughs> he, just, he just looked at him on that. Well, Modoc had a hammer, so he rolls seven <laughs> dice with the hammer. Full health, Ant Man, and I, I rolled two blocks, and it was it was seven hits against the two. This is where, this is one of the, the the rolls from earlier. It was seven hits into into two blocks, and then it was also four wilds. Yeah, yeah, he oh took my. all my power first, and then <laughs> then put him in the dirt, and it was it was. Uh, yeah, that's what led to the all according to plan to like delete him the next turn too, right? Right. right. Oh my. So task wow. taskmaster feels real good. Um, what were the other interesting things? Oh, the other interesting thing that we found from the weekend: um, the bullseye kingpin fight. Is like one of the most thematic the Daredevil. Daredevil. Daredevil Kingpin. Daredevil Kingpin fight is like one of the most thematic things you can do in MCP. Why? Uh, tell me. Tell me the story. <laughs> so we had the uh, Kingpin headbutt into uh, Daredevil. Daredevil takes a couple, right? One or, one or two. Yeah. He gets the power to strike back. Yeah, and- so he gets his counterattack off, punches back into, into Kingpin. Kingpin picks up like a power or two from the counterattack. He then throws Daredevil into the wall and tries to pummel him with a was it was it the uh, hail to the king? He tried. I to think hit it him? was hail to the king where you threw him into the wall and then he got yeah. the strike again because he was still within two. Yeah, and then Kingpin didn't quite put him away. So then uh, Daredevil got the counter strike again into Kingpin. I think at the end of it, Daredevil's at like four out of five damage and at Kingpin's out of six out of seven. So. <laughs> It was like, wow, that was actually really good and a lot of dice rolling. Uh, Daredevil had a hammer in all this, which is why it was even close. I I mean, again, it goes to prove what we've said from the beginning. If a character's got a hammer, they're up at least a Pretty good with hammers, yeah. So (laughs) That needs to be a t-shirt. It's the hammer tier character. But yeah, Daredevil felt like better than I expected. He was... I, I think he's um, he's he looks like a average or slightly below average four cost, but he was overperforming on the map for me today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really know where to put him quite yet. Do you think he'll be better with spiders? Because I feel like he's really good with spiders. He's another long mover. He he counts blanks. He can get a reroll if he's contesting an objective. He can reroll a skull. 
Um, he's already wall crawler. Yeah, and he's already counting the blanks as well. So like, and a wall crawler. Yeah. So like, he's got all the tricks you want. Plus, if the spiders can do that kind of pull and cluster me- mechanic, like we were talking about, they can actually make him go off. Right. So I could see him being in a, a Spider 17 list with Shuri as the other flex. Oh, man, you're trying to get me off vision, and that's well, not the, happening. The Spider's list that used to have Venom, yeah. yeah. You just swap in Daredevil at the same point cost, maybe. I, I don't know. We'll play with it, see what we can come up with. The, the long move is, is really solid. He's also got um, his... Uh, his attack that's it's kind of nondescript, but it's the it's the four dice four range attack, uh, baton throw or something that pulls baton towards hook. that can pull towards people. Yeah, it leaves him in situations where he's got something to do at four range if you really want him hanging out in a certain position. Yeah, yeah, it gives him a little bit of another layer of flexibility right. some other characters don't have. Um, so I, I yeah I think he's super interesting and he'll have, he'll have to, he has. More play yet to be figured out, I think. Yeah, he's the one character that came out that I hadn't played this weekend. So, so I'll have to experiment with him a little bit. Yeah, and I, I mean, so overall, what was the biggest one you guys found from the weekend? That, as far as character? Or character or card, which one do you think impressed you the most? Punisher. Punisher, Punisher yeah. is legit. Yeah, he had, a, he had a lower, I think he had a lower floor, right? Because we it was we very talk, unimpressive yeah, looking on at paper. the card. Like, yeah. You know, we were concerned about the punishment tokens and how those would fit in. Um, I think it's okay that they're just a bonus. Yeah. Because he's able to pull off his aim shot every round if he wants to. Yeah, because he just goes double tap, aim shot, double tap, and aim And I shot. really value the move. Um, I had Warzone go off on me. I didn't get to use it that much, but I also wasn't looking for it because I was just focused on getting the attacks off. Um, there's something there. Yeah. I mean, two guaranteed damage to things within one. You're going to find ways to use that in very – yeah. Good ways, especially, you know, I was talking about poke damage lists. Like, yeah, that's auto damage. So uh, he he overperformed for me. And he was able to, because of the pierce on that big attack, he was able to compete against spiders. Like, he was able to take a Peter off the board, you know, in a single shot. Yeah. Essentially, a couple times, actually. Yeah. That's pretty thematic. Yeah. He, uh, he, he overperformed for me. I like him a lot. Yeah. Manion, what about you? I would say uh, Fisk as a or, uh, Kingpin as a character, not counting his affiliation, just like his presence on the board and what he was doing on the board um, was was extremely strong. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny, what, what did you uh, what did you think, man, from what you played? Man, the only thing I did this weekend was I played the Vibranium Heist. Um, Merzin and I tested it out because we've got a local event coming up here in a couple weeks. Um, so we wanted to make sure we understood how it worked, all that fun stuff. The only thing I played was Kingpin out of the new releases. Um, I'm pretty excited to test out a lot of the other stuff when I get a chance. Um, but like I, like I said earlier, like I think Hired Muscle is going to be the first thing I test because that thing seems like so much fun, especially with the amount of citizen tokens out there. Or civilian or whatever the heck the word is. Yeah, so I can answer that question for you. Um, there's actually four objectives that deal with civilians. Uh, three on the red side and one on the blue. Um, so there there are... The, the first thing I did when I opened all my packs and got my models built was rebuild my entire roster to a civilian's um, objectives. So I had, had that card available to me in pretty much any game that I wanted to play. 
Um, and yeah, I, I tested the hell out of that card. Um, I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, that's that's what I think I was going to try to do once I actually got to be testing just normal games. So I'm excited to see that it's working out well because, like I said, it seems like so much fun, especially because there's so much versatility with it and you can almost force it at any point if you're either choosing secures or extracts. The worst, obviously, secures because you only got one of them, but still that's a 66% chance you get to play it. Um, oh, yeah, side note, spiders don't like the 16-point Fisk objective. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they they don't like the stun or the extra damage coming from like anything other than the opponent's characters. And as another aside, Vibranium <laughs> Ice is super fun. So if you get a chance to play it, go play it. <laughs> it's super fun. I, did you really like it, Kenny? Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, Merzane played uh, Wakanda against me, so he had a lot of pushes, which made it really hard for me. Uh, I'd highly recommend if you were playing the. Uh, the encounters or like the um, gosh, what is it? The threat side of things. Like if you're playing the Killmonger team, I'd highly recommend going wide and using characters with movement and jank. If you are trying to score those, because I played Killmonger, Strange with the Soul Gym, um, Valkyrie, and Kingpin. Because I was like, I just want to have fun with it. But if you're actually trying to like maybe be a little more competitive with it for whatever reason, like it's supposed to be a casual thing, but whatever uh, i'd recommend going the uh, the wider list with maybe like proxima because she can do some attacks that move her within one of other characters so i don't know I don't if know. i should ruin it, it for fun, people though. but i could tell you the story of what happened to me this week <laughs> uh, yeah ghost ghost rider is pretty good on that <laughs> one yeah right so my opponent was playing yes. the attackers he was playing uh kingpin killmonger ghost rider and i can't remember who his third was kingpin ghost rider probably a fourth thread i think yeah, I can't, I can't remember. I thought he had, he had Strange. No, he didn't have Strange. But anyway, he was playing a criminal syndicate list. He had Killmonger, right? Yeah, I already counted Killmonger. I didn't count him. Sorry. Anyway, so I'm, not, I'm out here. Right I now. was playing defense, and you start with ten points in the field, and you have twelve in reserve. I played the entire Guardians lineup with a Power Stone on Ronan, and I had the <laughs> entire Guardians team in the fight, just beating the crap out of him. And then he's just nonchalantly goes, I think I'm going to try to roll on this uh, vault with Ghost Rider and managed to get three matching symbols on Ghost Rider and then just long move and move medium and get to the exit and was like, peace. <laughs> like I had completely <laughs> devastated his team. Ghost Rider was flipped. Kingpin was flipped. Uh, Killmonger was dead. It's Whoever his other character was, I don't even remember it because it didn't matter. And he was just like, whoop, I'm a motorcycle, bitch. Bah, bah. Ghost, Rider's, Ghost Rider's trying to get that vibranium motorcycle, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's like the Mandalorian with the Beskar. Yeah. Like, I need a vibranium <laughs> motorcycle. And, and I, think, I, I think we found out that spiders are really good on defense, too. It is fun to yes. play the entire Guardians roster. Yeah, it is pretty cool because I think we saw that two or three times. We were like, you yeah. know what? I'm going Guardians. And with the, you with the, the entire Black Order? Oh. Uh, I have not seen the Black Order played on that, but that seems rough. That would be rough to start with with your 10. It would feel good when you got the other three characters or the 12 is it, points in. Is it 10 or three characters that you start with? You start with, with 10 points. 10 points. Oh. Yeah, so like Ugh. I don't know who you start with out of yeah. that. Uh, Ebony Maw, obviously. Well, who's oh, your five? Ebony Maw and Corvus, just those two. <laughs> no, <laughs> Ebony Maw and Black Dwarf. Come on, man. Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> but that's only nine. 
That's only nine, dude. I just thought it was you, funny you, thematically. You have the gem on, uh, on Ebony Maw. I also, like, never roll the skull when I was trying to add a... Gosh, what is it that you're trying the to add? Disruption like tokens. Yeah, you disruption tokens. Like, I never roll the skull once. And so, like, Merzane was just sitting there yeah, like, are one. you freaking kidding me? Oh, that's right. He's like, he's like, I want to add more characters and sound the alarm, but he just never was able to do that. Yeah, my opponent's other four point was the, was Green Goblin. That's why yeah. I don't remember him. And it was funny because we said that he was riding motorbikes and air, like these, <laughs> like, gliders and stuff. And, like... That's not stealthy at all. No. And like, he rolls up on the console first time. <laughs> and, hits the and Kingpin's just like, oh, shit, the alarm went off. Uh-oh. <laughs> Every time he interacted, an alarm went off. So well, I just thought it was funny because I brought all of the Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> to defend this thing. So the, gar- the galaxy's undefended at this point because they're all there. And then Ghost Rider's just like, I'm on my motorcycle, bitch. <laughs> One other thing I'd like to point out about the uh, – the ultimate encounter with Killmonger is if you are the crisis team and you're playing as Killmonger's affiliation bonus, um, whenever you're actually trying to roll for the vaults, don't forget your reroll. I forgot that literally every time I rolled and I think uh, it probably, it might've cost me like a dice or two at the end of the day. Um, so don't forget that because that's uh, kind of important. That's an important And one. you can roll it for free. That's how my opponent got the three matches on his final roll was he got the reroll and hit the last one. And um, just to call back to earlier points about uh, Kingpin and uh, specifically into someone like MODOK, uh, one of the things that Kingpin is doing with his Hail to the King attack is he's automatically throwing characters without the wilds, which gives him a really good play potentially into MODOK because now you can chuck MODOK back into his own team. And um, stagger him. And stagger him, which is something that other people can't do because they need the wilds to stagger or throw off of their attacks and uh, Kingpin gets to bypass that wild step, which Modoc obviously blanks. They just have to creep to each other first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, and oh, by the way, I'm going to roll seven dice into your two defense. Yeah. He has the potential to slam Modoc real hard. I like it though. I like that a lot. Ready, Captain? I'm ready to take calls from the public. Okay, okay, cool. Oh, hey, look. Hey, guys. Yay. It's call, calls from the public. <laughs> we love the public. Now, calls from the public. Uh, I think we got some uh, questions from the uh, Discord. Um, Sugi, what you got, man? Yeah, so a lot of the questions are revolving around this new uh, band restricted list, and I think all of them are really good. So we're going to ask one from the Noble 117. How do you think organized play uh, will affect this ban list? How do you think it'll affect the uh, MCP community? And do you think making a list like that when the game isn't even a year old yet is a good choice? So personally, I think it's amazing that we are just under a year in and they have this system in place already. Um, They're willing to do this now um, to save uh, NPEs or negative play experiences for other players. Uh, by instituting it. Uh, and I do think that it makes competitive a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think you're going to see people have to make plays out of their hands other than just safe plays with heels, um, which is going to be, I think it's really going to open up organized play. I agree. Well, yeah, that's good. I mean, I don't have a lot to add there. I yeah. think it's good. 
Minion made the point earlier that it was good to get this thing out there early. And the biggest thing is we don't disagree with anything they put on there, as far as I can tell. Yeah. So they made the right calls, too. I mean, it's kind of like they were listening to you. Yeah. It might be, uh, you know, if there was a card that got outright banned that we were all up in arms about, it might feel differently, but it seemed warranted. And I think it was pretty even-handed. Yeah. I don't think they went yeah, crazy I mean, with anything. And having, I think having, I think they've listened to the community a lot on this. Uh, they won't obviously acknowledge the TTS community, which is probably where a lot of these complaints came from. Or not complaints, but just, uh, I don't know, issues. Um, and so, like, the fact that they're listening to us and engaged with us, um, I think that speaks the biggest to AMG as far as, like, them wanting to make the game the best it can be um, and taking feedback from the community um, on maybe the best improvements that they can make going forward. I, I feel like there's only one other improvement they need to make to the game. Um, so Will Pagani, um, I need Peter to lead the web warriors. <laughs> it's already printed. <laughs> so it was drop off and they fixed that. You don't get a do over. They got a do over with drop off. So Why can't I get a do over with Peter? So they got to ban miles and make Peter the boss. All right. I'm good. Yeah. That's good. Oh, I got yes, to ask. Him. Yes. Ban miles. Yes. Good call. <laughs> I, I got Taskmaster. I don't even need him now. Especially if Peter's the leader. As as far as the timing of the ban list goes and the restricted list, um, I think <coughs> I would prefer that they err on the side of uh, going a little bit early because having come from games where they waited months or years too long to address issues or they wait for rotation to address an yeah. issue, uh, that is... Uh, has the potential to kill communities yeah. and the game as a whole. Uh, it, it can have disastrous effects depending on the the scale of the problem that you're addressing. Now, these weren't so bad compared to some things I've seen we've we've had in other games. Yes, uh, but <laughs> but addressing me. them early in a timely manner yep. is incredibly important. Yeah, and again, hats off to those guys, man. Um, Will and Will, like they they have their finger on the pulse. Um, they're paying attention to what people are saying. Uh, and I, I think, actually, oddly enough, if anything good came out of 2020, it was the fact that we didn't have to go through some of these events where we'd have some of these NPEs that would be in place and that this is in place already to stop those from happening when we get to go back to them. Right. Yeah, This and this is before any official play. Yeah. Is that even taking place? Like, they didn't get to do the Killmonger event this year. Yeah. So And we've had, we've had no major tournaments mm-hmm. anywhere. Um, other than shop tourneys and, uh, of course, TTS, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, TTS is a little different because the investment is less. Like, I'm not investing in a trip to Gen Con plus a hotel room plus my food plus my beer because God knows my beer is expensive. Yeah. Um, like, I'm not investing all that money to go somewhere and, and have a bad play experience. Right. Um, if I had put that out and had to go deal with some of that stuff, that would have felt a lot different. Um, but this, this is setting the game up for success going forward, I think. All right, excellent. So the next question comes from Griff. Uh, do you think that AMG will now have a character with a drop-off-like ability, or is drop-off as a concept just dead along with the cards? No, I, I, think, I think there's going to be something similar to or a printed ability that's similar to. I think that way it's more controlled. Um, if you can control the character that can do the drop-off, you can con- kind of control its consistency and its impact in the game. And uh, I think uh, it's not necessarily the concept of drop-off that was the problem. I think 
a lot of it was actually just tied to the costing of it. The fact that it was online at the start of the game, so you can't play around it at all. Um, uh, it was one power from each character. You got the bonus attack. You got a longer effective move yep. than all these other movement cards that are costing two or three power plus the free attack. So it's uh, if it cost two or three power from each character, maybe two each, yeah. then I think I don't think that that's necessarily a busted card or an auto-include anymore at that right. point. Yeah, and they get to take out the free attack, which is one of the problems. I mean, I don't even think that's necessarily the problem of the card. Uh, I think, again, it might be cost, but it's also the fact that you can use it anywhere. Uh, as long as the character has flying, and even in some case, you don't have to have flying because, oh, by the way, fucking rocket boots. Um, like, it makes that card so much better. Um, I don't know, man. Getting a third attack on a <laughs> character before they activate. I mean, look. Pretty we, good. I mean, that's that's what Sooner did the other day. I, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm, I'm saying that. But, like, it, I think which, it, which a one move is, on a, a superpower on a character that just lets them move another character is strong enough. All right, so which one right, would be worse? Particularly for the cost. Yeah. The move alone on drop-off was under-costed. Right. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the attack. Yeah. Right. Like, if you look at every other movement card, they cost two to three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and drop-off costs one for a free movement on another character and a free attack. And the other movement cards don't go as far. Right. Because mm-hmm. of the because of the measurement shenanigans, like, it's within two or whatever. Again, And then you do the move, movement. and then you place it within one on the other side. Yep. Like, you crossing you crossed half the map for one power each. Yeah, and it's unhindered. Like, you don't right. have to change direction. You just go straight over everything, drop dude into place, and shoot you in the face. But, I mean, like, to your thing about, like, that play with Sooner. Yeah, we know that play's there. We've known it's there since the beginning. Mm-hmm. But, like, which one feels worse? Star-Lord dropping off Rocket? Or Thor charging, picking up Vision, dropping him off, and beam attacking three guys on top of the charge attack? Like Right, it's the free attack. Yeah, so it's not it's not the just that free attack, though. It's the characters that you can use it on. The fact mm-hmm. that you could stack it on top of a character with a charge and flight... That feels bad. Um, so, And I can see where it would definitely hinder design space. Um, you know what this gives them the opportunity to do now they thought of it? Make Bring Peter, in the battle van. It, uh, that and make Peter the <laughs> you leader of... You could fit more than one person in the battle van because it is a van. Oh, yeah. And then you could drive that motherfucker right into the middle of their team. You'd have unload, to go around. Unload three dudes. doesn't matter if you get a free attack or not. There's now three dudes there. Yeah. And a van. Yeah. And then you can blow the van up and deal two. Yeah, you go. <laughs> and, and not only that, Daredevil's in the fucking van, so then he gets to go off with his AOE. Yeah. So uh, to answer Griff's question as well on a, um, a drop-off ability on a character, I mean, I think it's definitely possible. Um, I don't think they'll get the attack off of it, but – I mean, we've seen printed abilities on um, on tactics cards be released on characters later, like Mission Objective with uh, Fisk and his leadership ability. Um, and I feel like we've also seen tactics cards, or um, we've seen abilities on characters that then get released on tactic cards, tactics cards later. Like, I mean, Ghost Rider having his long movement and then extreme physical conditioning, albeit Ghost Rider's long movement is not an action, whereas physical conditioning is but i mean i think it's definitely possible that we see something like that um happen on like a character's ability um i just don't know necessarily which characters i think 
would be thematically appropriate because I think I would think that most flyers it would be thematically appropriate on except for I don't know I feel like it's hard for Goblin to drop someone off on his glider that's already so small um, but like Iron Man dropping someone off or which is um, why you need a Thor van. or Vision van. yeah and I, and I think that's based on <laughs> it, all, it or, all comes back to the van Spider Mobile <laughs> Spider Mobile. <laughs> and but I, I think the reason drop off was a card in the first place is it's incredibly thematic for characters to pick up other yeah other superheroes and carry them somewhere and have yeah. them do something. They just need to implement it in a, in a more sensible way. Yeah, and I and I I think the game would miss something if they don't reimplement it as mm-hmm. something else. I, I think it comes back as a character ability, or it comes back um, with a higher cost, uh, or if it stays the same cost, it loses the attack. Or maybe the move is limited. Maybe the move is limited to a max range medium. Um, so, so you can't do like these crazy long moves with uh, a one additional and then another character. Like that's where that's where that card actually gets abusive. Um, you should make it so it's affected by terrain. So like the dude that's being dropped off is like hanging on by one arm. If so if they try to over, fly over terrain, yeah, they take, take a damage. damage. Yeah. They take one damage and get dropped. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like flinging Spider-Man <laughs> or someone in the building. Yeah, yeah. As you fly over. Stick the landing, you know, roll five dice, take a damage for each spell. Yes, perfect. <laughs> you know, Todd's going to kill himself will. by playing that now. That card's not making the cut for me, just so we're clear. <laughs> oh, he's going for it. Oh, no. Oh, he's shit. Anti-talk. Oh, shit. <laughs> Let's see. I ran, I ran into three buildings uh, and failed the landing. I dazed two guys. What have, what have you called drop off or failure, there you failure go. to that's launch? Kenny, you're, that's, a, that's a good one. I like that. Okay. So the last question comes from Mr. Roboto, and he asks a very simple, but I think a very interesting question. Do you think drop off, uh, well, with drop off leaving the game, that Hulk with gamma launch has more play? No it's comment. Still expensive. No comment. <laughs> All right. Todd's obviously I'm working, working on up. gamma launch. I, I think it does, but. At the end of the day, you've, you're playing a six-cost character for Gamma Launch. Unless you're doing something else with the Hulk, I think that's still a difficult thing to slot into your list. I, I'm going to follow up minion statement with no comment. Yeah, Todd's <laughs> working on a new BDT. I, I played... I, I knew it. I got beaten up by uh, BDC, Corvus with a Reality Gem, earlier this week. Yeah. And that, that hurt a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, what he fits in two affiliations uh, now, and Defenders is questionable. So, I mean, I don't think Defenders is questionable. <laughs> I think Defenders is good. Defenders um, is questionable if you're bringing an already expensive Strange, probably with a gem and or Wong. Wong is basically like a gem for Strange. Yeah, it's a two point gem for, that you attach to him. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so the investment <laughs> into Defenders is a little high, and then you're already throwing six points on top of it. Yeah, so. All right. Well, that was an excellent episode. Before we get on out of here, I do want to ask everyone if they have any last tidbits or final thoughts, because there was a lot of stuff that came out of the woodwork. We had the ban and restricted list. We had a new affiliation, new tactics cards. There was a significant amount of information to parse through, new stuff to play with. And I mean, we've gone almost two hours of recording and there's still so much more we want to talk about and things we are going to talk about over the next coming you know, week or two while we're you know, getting the uh, games in to grind out Criminal Syndicate. But 
Uh, I know that the guys over in Tag have really been going at it, trying to figure out new ideas, new tech. And so I'd love to hear one, you know, short, one last thing, you know, if you have on your mind, because generally while we're talking during the podcast, you'll, you'll think about something like, oh, I wish I'd have said that, or someone will bring up something like, oh, yeah, I wanted to add on to that. So, you know, last uh, thoughts I've before we one. get on out of here. No Is comment. It- <laughs> of course of course no uh don't sleep on taskmaster um and if you're gonna try criminal syndicate absolutely give according to plan a run i I think you'll be really surprised don't be scared of that 10 uh just pay attention to your board space uh your board state and pick your spots for it i think that card is super effective um i was gonna say we have a restricted list now. Now you can only bring two of those five cards. But it doesn't mean you have to bring two of them. There's a lot of good cards now. You could probably get away with just running Med Pack. I did it today. And there's a lot of stuff to play with now. So get creative. You now have an excuse to. You don't have to bring four super strong defensive cards. Like Get, get crazy with it. Um, and I also want to take the opportunity to remind everybody that Kenny lost to Winter Soldier. Oh, uh, okay. I, was, I, I, I was waiting. That was going to be a, one of my points, Chris, is uh, does Winter Soldier get better no. or worse with this? Listen, or is this because he's still tier five? Taskmaster just needed <laughs> fucking Winter Soldier out of the game. I've done as much as I can to defend him. And I have to let it go. Because Taskmaster is the superior rogue agent now in every situation. So the ban list has Yay. two cards, drop off and Winter Soldier. Ban Rocket Boot. No, no, this <laughs> is just how bad it is. They didn't even have to ban him. He's just never going to get used again. Um, my, other, my other thing is uh, we didn't really talk about tactics cards that we think will get used, but uh, I think Disarm will be one of those ones that like, gets used a lot more I, in the near future. Yeah, we did. I talked about Disarm. Yeah, I think- did you? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm super think, high on that card. Yeah, I think I he's really good out. into the Corvus match. So, like, yeah, I, I think I think yes. Disarm definitely has its stock rise. Um, it still, for me, is like card eight or nine. I'm trying to figure out if it's going to make the eight spot. It just kind of bounces back and forth, um, mainly because I'm so intrigued by these new Syndicate cards. There's a lot of cards on the bubble that might come in. I mean, we heard Sooner talking about Blind Obsession, Disarm, Aim Lackeys. There's a lot of stuff yeah. that's, like, right on the bubble. That's what I'm saying. Get creative with it. I'm excited to see what gets through. Also, don't forget, all you've got is, I think all you've got is going to see a lot more play now. Like, a lot more play. That, that's my call for the uh, next card that gets added to the restricted list. After all you've got, possibly. Yeah. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> yeah. No comment. Chris, Chris no. <laughs> you're, you're, I, need you, I need you to beep that out. I need, I need a Excelsior or an or an oh boy all right since, since todd oh is trying to redact information i'm gonna get us out <laughs> hold of here on, hold on. We so got nobody one more. gets in you trouble didn't let minion go over his one more for uh, the weekend uh it's not necessarily for the weekend but uh you know we just got all of these changes have, have toppled things a little bit everything's yep. exciting but then what they're teasing about the next set of characters also with the x-men coming up real quick that stuff is really interesting looking as well. So I, I'm really looking forward to what's next as well. I thought that might be Sugi's next favorite character. Uh, it's almost mine. Oh, yeah. Bro, I, I squeaked when I read Toad's uh, panel to play. I was like, oh, okay. 
he does what? Wait, what? Like I was, I was literally cooking breakfast by myself. I'm like, wait, what? Like I'm screaming at my phone. Wait. I'm like, no way. Wait, why were you I'm- cooking breakfast? The article released at like <laughs> 7 p.m., dude. Uh, <laughs> no comment. Hey, no hey, comment. Can, I, can I also you, ask, what does you squeaking sound like exactly? Uh, no, no comment. That's a, that's I feel like it would be better, better to say that. <laughs> 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 Man, I could fanboy. It happens, especially when you see the really janky characters that are like super good. Anywho, uh, my my takeaway from this episode is uh, I'm actually on the f- uh, not on the fence, but I, there's a lot of people who've been talking about this list in a negative connotation. And my my big takeaway from this is if AMG didn't care, they wouldn't have a list. Right. A lot of people are saying, oh, this is AMG making up for mistakes. This is AMG proving that they're incapable of designing a game. This is AMG admitting that they're wrong. And my, my approach is like, hey, if we all look at ourselves as human beings, we've all made errors. However, the fact that they are willing to not only address them, but openly try to make the player experience better means that they're not being negligent, they're not sticking their noses up in the air, and they're not being lazy about it. They're trying to be, I don't think aggressive is the term, but they're trying to be, uh, I think Todd probably put it best, they have their pulse, their thumb on the pulse, they're trying to be community friendly, they're trying to reduce negative play experiences, they're trying to create a, a very balanced environment, and they're trying to create diversity so that the game isn't, all right, out of the eight tactics cards you could play, you're going to play six out of the 10 characters you might play. You're going to play four and out of the, you know, crisis cards you want to play, you're only going to play two. Like you really don't want the game to become pigeonholed into, well, I play, you know, A, B or C and that's it. Like the game is fun because I can't remember who I was talking to, but they were saying it's, it's very similar to like magic, the gathering where you have this core foundation of rules. It's like, you know, you've got 20 life or in this point in this game, you're trying to score 16 victory points. However you want to look at it, the path that you take to get there is completely different for every player. The, the bad part about games is when the game forces you to take like one, two or three specific paths and anything else is completely invalidated. Marvel Crisis Protocol doesn't follow by those rules. Marvel Crisis Protocol wants you to play unique games, unique lists, take your roster, take your tactics, push these crisis cards to all kinds of different levels. And the fact that the list came out before the you know year anniversary proves that these guys really want people to have a fun, fulfilling, memorable experience. They don't just want you to show up and be like, all right, I'm playing med pack, brace for impact, patch up, uh, you know, field dressing, and some other card I just randomly pick because I'm never playing it. That's boring. That's guardian. Now the game is <laughs> okay. <laughs> drop off. Drop off the fifth card. <laughs> but I mean, think about it. If they didn't care, they they wouldn't say anything, and we'd still be playing those five cards forever. And it's like, man, this is really boring. I kind of want to try disarm, but it's just not good enough. Hey, I really want to put in aim lackeys, but it's not almost there. Like my, my big thing is yes, sure. They, they made a mistake with how they balanced drop off. Okay. But it doesn't matter anymore because it's, it's a non-issue. It's been completely removed from that conversation. So now we as a community get to move forward, talk, 
communicate, congregate. A lot of people are playing games this weekend because of A, Criminal Syndicate, and B, the ban list. And it's like, this is great. We haven't seen people really getting excited for a long time. And I am really happy to see where we go from here and what new innovation people come up with, except for Todd and your crew, because it's going to be degenerate. We're gonna get in trouble because you're gonna you're gonna get another card put on the restricted list like Doom Prophecy. I just fist pumped. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I, the, I, the I, fact that Minion is not saying anything also scares me because that means you your two brains are like fusioning Dragon Ball Z style into one degenerate combo, and I'm like, no, not not again. Minion wants that in his mind. <laughs> well, I I will say the only thing I added to this was uh, some probabilities. Yeah, I just need I just oh, needed oh, the math. Okay. I just needed math to make uh, sure I was right. Yeah, so great, perfect, fantastic, just what I wanted to hear. But mm-hmm. I, I want to add on to what you said about what this means and what kind of example this should indicate. Um, the short and long of it is this should indicate that you have a couple guys or an entire crew of folks in charge of this game who give a shit and are trying to put out the best experience possible and are willing to say, hey, you know what? That's probably a bad call. We fixed it. Um, and, and I think that needs to be acceptable. Like, that's just the long and short of it. Like, they they did absolutely what you would want any good game company to do, and, and they fixed the problem before it became any more of a problem and before it limited them to making bad design choices going forward that would impact our experience with the game later. Or releasing yeah. characters and, that would create this really toxic environment where you're like, wait, that character can do what? Well, yeah, that's what I just said. So that means I have to play that character? Oh my gosh. Like, that's that's a terrible place to be where you're forced to play a certain combo or else you just can't win a game. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. Like, they they just, they, they had the foresight and, and the knowledge, and we know that they probably designed drop-off in, what, 2018? Like, it was part of the core kit. So I mean, that they, card they, they probably, might have been working on that before 2018. Yeah, that's it's what I'm not, saying. I, I'm, so like, I don't know. That card was so far in, in the past in their design space that it's easy to overlook a card, and that one on the base level doesn't look like it's that abusive. But when you really start expanding it past like Wakanda and into Asgard, like you start to see the power creep level of that card go up, and then you, you know it has to be limiting design space. From like the Thor release on, it probably felt like something they needed to look at working around. Uh, and, and for them, the Thor release that they're they're looking at was probably designed in 2019, right? And so now they're looking at cards that they're developing for 2021, and they're like, "Oh shit, we got to do we need to? How do we handle this?" So like we're looking at this in a small window of releases over a year. They're looking at this in a design space over three or four years. Uh, and so that's what you don't want to have it affect. You don't want to have it affect that much yeah, work. And like many had said previously, uh, we come from a lot of games, and I think we all think about Destiny, where there were problematic cards that were not addressed, and it became such a negative environment that people are like, I quit. I just don't want to play because if the developers will not address this, why should I participate? Well, we saw, and so we saw a card in Destiny that decimated an entire color for y- years, um, and it was even out of rotation. Really, um, was uh, it's a trap. Uh, like, let's not turn it into a Destiny show, but it's a yep. trap 
really de- limited design space of an entire portion of that game. A third of the game, or well, a th- ish, a, on yeah. the hero side. Yeah, a third it, was, of the game it was about a third. Couldn't get good cards because of one card, a card, and, and like you don't want to see that happen in this game because like the investment in this, while it's not as high as say a card game, your investment in this right now in the way that they have this game going is monthly. Um, and you're paying 30 to $40 for each of these figure kits. And like, if those start to feel bad and, and you're like, well, this card's not good. This character's not good. It doesn't work with this card. Why are you going to buy it? And why do you want to continue? Like why you're just going to like, look at parts of it and be like, no, oh, well, I'll only get this one. Cause this guy's a flyer and he's got charge or whatever the case might be like that fits my scheme. This opens it back up to let people actually play. Yeah, the big reason I brought that uh, scenario up was because I do know that there's a lot of people who are playing this as their very first tabletop game. And I know a lot of people are playing this as one of their first just games in general because it's Marvel. It's really cool. It's a tabletop game. So you get to paint like there's a lot of factors that are bringing people into the game. However, if you've never experienced a game structure where a hefty chunk of that game is unplayable or limited because of one or two cards. It is nightmarish because you're like, I want to play this faction. I want to play this color. I want to play this thing. And you can't. And the developers won't support it. And you're just stuck because the thing you want to play the most is dead in the water. So the fact that that isn't happening and probably won't happen is a really really good sign is it i mean like are they perfect no but the fact that they're trying their best to me is a great sign and i think that moving forward it's going to be great like i have yet to meet someone who hates this list now i i've only talked to maybe 15 or 20 people and most of them are my friends but the fact that i've yet to come across anyone who's just like absolutely against it and hates it and thinks this is a terrible idea I've yet to see that person. So I know it's a somewhat divisive situation because, you know, some people are like, I don't like it. Some people are like, I do like it. Some people don't like the fact that some of their cards aren't as valuable. Some people don't like the fact that it's, you know, quote unquote, an admission of guilt. There's a lot of things people don't like, but I want to emphasize it's probably worse if the game is pigeonholed because of drop off. And certain combos are super broken and other combos are super bad and future characters are really terrible because they can't let that card become more powerful than it already is. It's much better to say nix that card and let us have free design space so that the game can be fluid and fresh and fun as opposed to, well, we can't make cable because of drop off. Oh, we can't release this character because of drop off. Oh, we can't do this because of drop off. And you cut out all of these things that you want to see in the game because one card exists. Yeah. So and then, that's that's my take. Yeah, and then they all end up like Winter Soldier. <laughs> Who? Yeah, exactly. I hope they make a Winter Soldier. I'd like to play with one. Yeah, he would be fun. <laughs> you know what? They made a Black Widow 2. We could get a Black or a, a Winter Soldier 2. Oh, poor guy. He'd probably be really good at hammers. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's pour one out for old... Uh, Old Winter Soldier. Old yeah, Bucky Winter Barnes. Soldier and drop off twenty twenty to twenty twenty. Old Bucky Barnes. <laughs> they they got a nice healthy lifespan. Man, they they lived less than the lifespan of my goldfish. Uh, but he did make it longer than the movie. Ouch. All right. Well, that's, that's the best movie. That, we're 
I like Winter Soldier. That is a good movie. I mean, I don't even remember it. I didn't like Zemo not being a Baron. That was bothersome to me, but we're getting off on a rabbit trail. So we're getting out of here. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Minion and Kenny, for coming on as our guests. We really appreciate your time and your contribution to degeneracy in Marvel Crisis Protocol. I hope you sleep well tonight. Uh, For those of you who haven't done this yet, check out uh, our Twitch channel, our YouTube channel. We're writing articles all the time. Uh, We have a brand new overlay that we're using on stream, and so far everyone has absolutely loved it. So check out all of the other content we're providing. We are 100% rolling on all cylinders because A, the game is fun, and B, we love this community. Everyone is like super nice, very chill, just a ton of fun people to hang out and talk to. So check out our Discord. Hang with us, and we are out of here. So thank you for joining us. We'll see you all next time. And as always, Excelsior!